1: Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God.
2: And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Raymond Word of Faith, the Word Church. Again, welcome. And we've been speaking this week on the whole armor of God concerning spiritual warfare and how the scriptures. God reminds us in this word that, you know, people aren't our problem, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. You know, when you get born again, saved, the, the devil is your adversary now. He's your he's Jesus refers to him as the enemy. He's your enemy. It's not people. But, Richard, the devil works through people. I don't got to tell you that. But he works in and through people, just like God desires to work in and through us. Scripture says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. It says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you will always also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit that dwells in you. So God wants to work in us. And how God works in and through us is with his word. And in Ephesians, he he enlightens us on the whole armor of God. And we left off uh, with uh, verse 17 and take the helmet of salvation. Ephesians 6, verse 17. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. See, and like you just said yesterday, those other ones were offensive. Or did you say deep? they were defensive? they Yeah, but this sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, is a Offensive. So that's what you're going to really use the jab with. You're going to jab with the word of God. and the well, that's what
1: we're going to use to fight the devil.
2: Right, the word of God. We're going to use our. Don't
1: try to use yourself.
2: Right, because death and life is in the power of the tongue. And the scripture says in Matthew 12, a good man out of the good treasures of his heart bring forth good things. And that's what Jesus did with the devil. He just brought forth good things out of his heart. Because Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever is planted in your heart in abundance is going to come out. Well, see, and seeing
1: this is how you know really what's in a person's heart. When the pressure's on, pressure's and how do on. They respond?
2: Well, look, the pressure was on with Jesus in the wilderness. How did he respond? It is written. Well, he that was our example of how we're to, to respond in our evil day. When pressure come on, we should respond just like our Lord and Savior, our elder brother, Jesus Christ, respond With the sword of the spirit Which is the word of God Now you can't respond that way If you haven't spent time In the word of God Studying it Meditating on it And speaking it If you're ashamed To speak the gospel Because you think It makes you look foolish Well you're just an accident Going somewhere to happen You're going to be a casualty In the faith fight Which the scripture tells us In Timothy Fight the good fight of faith I mean use the armor That's how you're going to fight The good fight of faith We know that in the natural, if you go into the US military, they're gonna give you some equipment to do your job. Especially if you're in uh what they call it, infantry. (laughs) You better use that tank, man. You better use those mortars, you better use that M sixteen, whatever they get you better use that Teflon uh vest they gave you, that helmet. You better use all of that stuff. Them boots, they give you boots, and through.
1: they train you with all that stuff.
2: They train you on that. Well, you know what? God desires Trains to train his us. people because he's given in Ephesians that's 4. His word. He's given us the five fold ministry for well, the see, equipping of the that's saints. That's
1: his word, is yeah. how he tends to train us. Right. But well, he's
2: going to use people like you and our ministry leaders. Scripture refers to it as the five fold ministry in Ephesians 4. He gave some to be apostles, some evangelists, some prophets, some pastors, teachers for the equipping you, or the perfecting you, of the you saints.
1: Know. Here's the thing that's kind of interesting about this. People don't come to church because they're tired. Okay, so you're at boot camp, and Sarge bangs on the garbage can at 4.30 in the morning to wake you up for Reveille. He says, Sarge, I've got kind of tired.
2: Had yeah, a long tired. night last night, I Sarge. Think,
1: I don't think I'm up for it. Come back a couple hours. Yeah, that Tired don't work. Uh, you, people don't go to, to Sunday morning worship because they got relatives in town. I mean, You ever had that? I've had. Well, people, yeah, no, uh, I, I invite my relatives them. to the service. Right, but I mean, I hear from people: all oh, my my brother, my sister, my cousin, whatever was in town, so we couldn't go. So they don't. Can you imagine, Sarge uh, says, "We're going on a twenty mile hike." He say, "Sarge, uh, my mom and dad are here visiting in town. I, I don't think I'm gonna be able to go."
2: Invite them, because well, faith comes by hearing well, the word but, of God. What's
1: the Sarge gonna say about that? You know, I mean, just all these excuses of of why we can't spend time with God or we can't spend time worship that if you use them in boot camp, the Sarge is not going to take them as an excuse, yet for some reason we think that God will. I'm convinced, when you read Malachi, when God's talking to them about the the blemished sacrifices they're giving to him, he says, would the governor take this? You wouldn't give this to the governor if he showed up, so why are you giving it to me? I believe that there are a lot of Christians who take the attitude of, God's just going to be happy with whatever I give him. And he's going to be lucky that I gave him anything. So he should just be happy with whatever I give him. Well, we know. God that. wants our first fruits, He wants our best. He doesn't want the leftovers. I
2: talked about that Sunday, too, because, you know, some key people uh, didn't show up this Sunday. And I kind of referenced that a little. And uh, I referenced it concerning giving, too. And we can say with Sunday services, the midweek Bible study is giving of your time. And the scripture commands us to seek first. God's kingdom, his way of doing things, and then all these other things we desire or want will be added to us. Remember, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. That's the word of God. So anyway, I referenced back in Genesis with the first murder, Cain and Abel. Why did he murder his brother? Because the other one gave a better gift and jealousy kicked in. And he murders his brother because it was... Because he gave, because God honored his, because he gave better. And again, as Christians, we have to have that mindset. Lord, that's what the tithe is. I'm going to give you my best off top. I'm not going to give you sloppy seconds. I'm not going to not show up because family members are in town or this or that or I'm sick.
1: I tell well, people I'm when you're sick,
2: that's the best time to come to the house. Yeah, I
1: mean, people will say, I'm tired. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, and, yeah. Uh, you know, especially particularly Wednesday night, midweek, process, I was tired. Well, and we got to say, well, if tired's all it takes, I'm not going to be there either.
2: Right. We can say that on Sundays <laughs> as the pastors. And again, we use every excuse known to man to not sacrificially give, or I'm just going to say it like this, be obedient to what God's commanded us. He's told us in his word. Don't forsake the assembling of yourself together with other believers. Because so when we come together as believers, we create an atmosphere of faith. Now miracles can take place, healing, deliverance. And when you take yourself out of the equation, then remember, can the hand say to the feet, I have no need of you? Everybody's important. So when you Allow the devil to influence you that you shouldn't come that day because you're tired, or cause so and so them in town, or whatever cockamamie excuse he hot. gives you. Yeah, because I've rainy. heard, I've heard uh, so many of them. I heard the best, Cold. but again, and, and I'm not coming down on people because it's all about spiritual development and personal development. And I always give my example. I got saved 14 years ago. I went to, a, you know, a known c- congregation here, and for nine years. I never missed a Sunday, Richard. I wasn't even the pastor. I was just, that's one of the fruits of the Spirit, faithfulness. Can I depend on you? And I, I looked the other day in the congregation, I said, I know Sister So and so going to be here every Sunday. I ain't got to guess because she does the music. i pray that she's there every Sunday because I don't know how to do it. But she's demonstrated faithfulness. I don't even got to call her and wonder, oh man, we're going to have music this Sunday because Sister So and so may not show up. No, that's a fruit of the Spirit. Here's the thing. God honors that. He honors faithfulness. And that's one of the fruit of the Spirit we need to start developing. Can I count on? Do I know you're going to? See, they know I'm going to be there Sunday. God knows I'm going to be there well, that's Sunday. That's your job. Well, well, not only that. Yeah, but I mean, remember, that's what no, they no, think. I know that's what they think. You be there that's your job. Remember what I was just saying when I first got saved? I went to this particular church for nine years. I was there every Sunday, and I wasn't the pastor. I was there. The only time I wasn't there on a Sunday, if we were out of town. And if we were out of town, because I am I love the word, I'll find a, another church service to be in, in that town. That's how much I love the word. If I didn't know one, I'll turn on Christian television, TBN, the word network. Because remember, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. A lot of Christians basically aren't hungering and thirsting after righteousness. So therefore, they're not filled with that peace we were talking about the other day, which surpasses all understanding. They just want to they they use God like this, break glass in case of emergency. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: He's on the wall. Yeah, you know? yeah,
2: yeah. I'ma use him, but see, we want God to be there for us 24 seven. But He said, "Can can I count on you?"
1: Well, Wednesday he, and Sunday. Yeah, yeah. You
2: know, you know. If, if that, if somebody is <laughs> town, I ain't gonna be there. But, but that's man, what I
1: mean. People say, "Man, I'm hardcore. I go two two times a week." Well,
2: you know what? But God wants us to be faithful to something. Committed believers. He wants them to be committed. You, as a Christian, you got to be committed to the vision God's given your pastor. You have to be besides that because that's where your best lesson is going to come out of. Scripture says in Ephesians, what you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. He also tells us to bear one another's burdens. Well, if he's given something for your leadership to do, you need to come alongside that. Like I say, the other sister, I know she's going to be there on Sunday. We need her to do what God's called us to do for the Sunday service. There's no doubt in my mind she ain't going to be there. And if she can't be there, I'll get a call from her 24 hours previous. You don't get that on Sundays. How many calls you get on Sundays? Somebody saying you get on Saturdays from parishioners. I ain't going to be there tomorrow. But they do that for the job, though. They'll do it for the job. They'll call the boss man. They'll schedule time off. They'll make sure they got it approved. We don't do that with God because we don't value him that much. We claim we do, but we really don't value God like we value the boss. Right. But we know the boss cut those checks because we don't have a revelation that Deuteronomy 8.18, you should remember the Lord your God. for well, It is he who gives you the power to get wealth. Yes, your boss signed the check, but God gives you the breath to go there. To get up out of the bed in the morning. <laughs> yeah, you, again, once you have a revelation of that, You'll start honoring God more and more like, wow, God. I'm nothing without you. In you, Paul said it, in you, I live and breathe and have my very being. You have to be like that. And that's what God, God doesn't mind. It don't mean you're a fanatic. God don't mind you being a fanatic about him too. But he wants you to be sold out for him. That's what he meant when he said, seek ye first. The kingdom of right, God. He wants
1: to be. He's a jealous God. We're told he wants to he be wants first, to be number one, all the he time, like number two.
2: No, never. Remember, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That's what God desires. And you know, when we get born again, we have to, if we want to experience the fullness, you have to say, okay, God, I'm gonna delight myself in you. And the promise is, we talked about the promises of God. The promise is the latter verse. I will give you the desires of your heart. He said, just make love to me. Have intimate time with me. Don't just hear what I'm saying, but act on it. Do it. I said, don't forsake the assembling of yourself together with other believers. Hey, make sure you're there. And it's those (laughs) same folk, and I know we're on another message now. It's (laughs) the same folk that you hear, they need some counseling. They always broke. They always got some walls. Well, again, like last Sunday, man, the anointing was thick in the place. Everybody should have been there. And you ain't gonna get that. You gotta, especially if God's called you to a particular congregation and He will direct you to where He wants you to be, at. you need to make a commitment to be there. Because that's where your blessing is tied to that ministry. I know the world don't teach you that, but that's what God teaches. It's called a, a law of association. You know, you're gonna become like who you're around. So we're around Jesus.
1: Wait, uh, how many Christians? Talk about being a Christian. They don't go to church. They don't really read their Bible. They don't really do a lot of stuff. And when was the last time you talked to somebody and they said, man, I'm a big football fan? What's the first question you would ask? Who's your favorite team? They said, well, I don't really have a favorite team. What games do you want? Oh, I don't really watch any games. Uh, who's your favorite player? Oh, I don't really have. First thing you'd want to know is, what kind of football fan are you? You don't have a favorite team. You don't have a favorite player. You don't watch any games. Well, there are a lot of people who are Christians they don't have a favorite team. They don't have a favorite. Team, they don't do anything. And right. you and you have to ask yourself, what kind of Christian are you? I don't have that, a.
2: I don't have a pastor. Yeah.
1: What, I, what kind you of? You don't Christian have a pastor. What you, kind of
2: Christian are you?
1: That you don't go to church. You don't watch it on TV. You don't listen on the radio. You don't open your own Bible. You don't do anything. And you have to say, what kind of Christian are you?
2: Well, see, that type don't get the benefits because there's benefits. The Bible says there's things that accompany salvation. Well,
1: see, the the devil, he goes around seeking who he may devour. He loves to get people off on their own. And he'll tell
2: you, oh, you don't need to do that. Remember, like we were saying, you don't need to come today. You're tired. Stay at home today. Yeah. It's okay. You're not going to miss nothing. Yes, you are going to miss something. You're going to miss. Your, I tell people, your blessings could have been right around the corner.
1: Well, I tell people, the you more the devil's trying to keep you away, the more, the more you the should more be. You better be there. Right. Like I say, with that, that church I went to for nine years,
2: i never missed a sunday and it's because i delighted myself in the lord i wanted to be there and not only that here's the thing we're part of the body of christ every member is a blessing to the other member you never know who god wants to use you to bless that day but because you listen to another spirit that convinced you to stay home yeah you were even being used to be a blessing to that individual that God perhaps had for you to minister to that day. When I was going to this particular church, it happened to me all the time. I wasn't a pastor, but God knew I would be a pastor. So a lot of times in the foyer, man, before service, oh, man, I did a lot of ministry. <laughs> I did a lot of ministry, and I didn't know God was calling me to ministry. But again, the scripture says he desires to use us as a vessel of honor. So God still wants to use you. You may not be the pastor, but you're still the minister of reconciliation.
1: Well, we're all called to the ministry, right? It's a pastor, right? Right. You're all but called there, to the ministry. There's way too much of that in the church world, too. Well, that's what we're paying the pastor for. No, we're, no, we're, no. you are paying minister. He's the one who's supposed to be telling people about Jesus. He's the one who's supposed to be getting the church to grow. He's the one who's supposed to be doing this. Right. No, that's he's supposed pay to. He's supposed
2: to ignite your faith on fire. Equip you for the work so of you ministry. You can do the work of the ministry. Right. And work of the ministry is also you fulfilling your highest calling and change this world through Jesus Christ, but building you up in the faith, exposing you to the word of God, and challenging and encouraging you not to just be a hearer, but a doer. And part of that hearing and doing is going to make disciples. Yeah, going into wherever you go Monday through Saturday, you're going to make disciples there. New people come to a church service. I may, they may, you may have went through something they're going through. Now you're able to minister to them because you can give your testimony how God brought you out. Right. Because remember, we're always making disciples. So that means new people are constantly coming into the fold. And if you feel, well, I don't need to be here this Sunday, well, God desires you to be there, especially if you ain't doing nothing else but laying around. And I just think about it. Shoot, the Sunday service can go, I'm going to say, three hours, 30 minutes to an hour to get dressed. We have a two-hour service. So I get dressed in 30 minutes. So I got my 30 minutes, get dressed, two hours service, and a half hour back home. <laughs> no, three hours. If I can't take three hours out of one day a week and commit it to the Lord, wow, my faith's really on fire.
1: So well, you God, know, I was a kid, when I was a teenager, that's what I didn't like about church because shot my whole half a day. It was always like 12:31 31 o'clock before we ever got home. If that, if what that's... time did you guys
2: go? Six? <laughs>
1: But I mean, you know, I didn't count anything when we got up beforehand, you know. And then we went to Sunday school and church, and by the time we got home, it was twelve thirty-one o'clock. And as a teenager, man, that wasn't my thing. I, you know, I, yeah, man, yeah. I shot half a day here <laughs> hanging out in church. It seemed like. And you know, you talk about you went to that church for nine years. I was nine years not going to church from eighteen to twenty-seven. Me too. And, I
2: just get saved. Until I was thirty-eight.
1: Yeah. See, so I was nine years where I didn't go to church and i didn't have any excuses for not going i just said i'm not going and you know i think we've talked about this before a couple of times god had to be up in heaven going you know he's just dumb he he just, you know he's telling everybody he ain't never going to go back to church again but i got a plan for him he he's got work he just doesn't know it yet everybody remain calm, yeah,
0: everybody <laughs> you know, remain calm. <laughs> he's he's ready it's going to
1: work out yeah and so we tend to write people off. We right. tend to to say, oh, they'll never make it or they'll never be any good or they'll never do this or they'll never do that when we don't have any idea what God's got planned for people. I tell people all the time, you got a teenager, especially a teenage boy, and he's saying he's never going to go to church again. He don't want nothing to do with it ever again. I say, remain calm. God's got a plan for him, and you never know what's going to happen with
2: him. Right. I just heard a pastor... Talk about
1: that the other day about if God,
2: when God has a plan and a purpose for your life, it's going to come to pass. And again, like you just said, and we're reminded with the story about the prodigal, you know, there was a future for him and he went off and did his thing, ride his living. And the scripture says, you know, God obviously revealed to him to go back to your daddy's house because the least in his house are doing better than you is right now. And he went back on his hands and knees and say, Daddy, let me back. Take me back. And his daddy had open arms. Again, God, especially when you've got a call in life concerning something specific, ask Jonah. God's going to get his way. And we have to know that. So, again, we want to encourage people. Just fall in love with God.
1: What's really funny is when I was probably about 12 or 13, I would write sermons. Really? Yeah. Uh-oh. I would write sermons. I pretended pretend that I was giving them. And then by the time I was like 15, 16, I had huh? more of that. I wasn't going to do any of that. Mm, see? And so obviously at some point, God even had a plan for me then. Right. That he was speaking to me about, but I just wasn't getting on board. And again, I had
2: this vision as I was growing up. I didn't get saved. Till I was 38 saved for real. I believe I received Jesus when I was young, but didn't really know what it meant. Grew up in Chicago. And there was always street preachers. I remember this guy, we would catch the bus all over Chicago, Get a super transfer, you can ride all over the city. Me and about 10 of my friends, we we're about 13, 14. A lot of street preachers out there, and we was on the street called Madison. This guy, as we're walking, he solicited us and asked us, he was ministering salvation. I look back now and I know what he was doing. He was ministering salvation just on the streets, and we received. And uh, of course, yeah, he tried to take it to another level. The same day we received, he wanted us to be filled with the evidence of speaking in tongues. that was a whole nother story we didn't get that far but I believe I received but I used to always have visions when I was little speaking to masses or having a big audience and I thought it was going to be probably singing (laughs) but God's revealing to me now what it was about so again with yourself God will give you a glimpse of your future and you may not you may steer off the wrong path, but he'll he'll put you back on track. Well,
1: see, I, and I never did anything that people would think was you know bad, uh-huh. except speed. And I, you know, I was a fairly you fast didn't do nothing to
2: mess up that reputation for being a fast.
1: I, I was fa- <laughs> I was fairly fast driver, and I still say to people there are times when God had to been giving me His undivided attention to <laughs> say you know we got to put everybody else on hold because I got a plan for this idiot mm. and I got to get him through this next five minutes. Uh-huh. You know, he you have to pedal to the middle. <laughs> So, so you know, God does. He has a plan for us, and, he's, and he works with us, and he is so much more faithful to us than we are and how, than others are. The
2: scripture says even when we aren't faithful, he's faithful. And again, I just want to say, disclaimer, apology, we wasn't meaning to condemn anybody because God doesn't condemn us. He didn't come into the world. He yeah. came in the world, Jesus said, to save, not condemn. And he he's faithful. We may not be faithful in an area, but God says, I'm going to continue to be faithful. Because I'm reminded of this. He says also, he who began a good work in you will complete it. And that which we committed to him, he's able to keep. And then he said, oh, in Isaiah, he'll keep those in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on him. So God, he's the, the potter with the clay. As long as we stay in his hands, he'll perfect those things. Yeah, and
1: you talk about you know, not putting people down and all that. We never want to do that here. No. And when we talk about these kind of things, cause we did it. Oh yeah. We lived it. Mm-hmm. So we're not pointing fingers at anybody. We know how it is. We we've done these very things and, and hopefully with these broadcasts, people will look inside themselves and, and have the Lord help them look inside themselves to see what changes they need to make. But we did all this stuff. I, I I can still remember being a teenager, 16, 17, pretending to be asleep so my mom wouldn't wake me up to take me to church, mm. <laughs> you know. Well, I, and so when when I talk about people faking being asleep and not wanting to go because they're tired or whatever, it's it was, that I was you. Did <laughs> I'm not pointing uh, a finger. I I did those things. I well, know what I'm well, talking uh, again,
2: about. Well, li- again, because I got born again at a later age for real and knew what it meant and see how God actually put me on an accelerated rate because he knew the plans he has for me. He tells us that in Jeremiah. He knows the plans I have for you, and they would give you a hope in the future. So he put me on an accelerated rate to complete or do what he's called me to do, or commissioned me to do. And so I just don't want people to miss out. I don't want to cheat people. That's why I give you, I read the scripture, I'll give you the whole book. <laughs> I don't want to cheat you. I want you to get on. I want people, God's people to have... The best that's available. And so I, I don't want you to miss a Sunday because I know you're going to miss something.
1: And, and it's interesting you said about an accelerate because I didn't go back to church till I was 27, but I was pastoring by the time I was 31.
2: See? He redeems the time. God says that I can redeem the time. You know,
1: and you say, well, man, it's too late now to do those things that I was pretending to do when I was 10 or 12. No, it wasn't too late.
2: Well, that was one of the three R's I meant. Remember, it was restitution, restoration, and redemption. He'll redeem the time. He'll restore to you some years and, and accelerate you through acceleration and give you what you didn't get in them 10 years. Because he, he can do the supernatural. He can redeem the time. and So he's a redeemer.
1: Well, you know, I was, I was talking to somebody over the weekend, and I said, you know what, I actually really believe this stuff. I said, you know, when, when I read that God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus, I actually really believe that. Well, you better believe it. When I read, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, I actually believe that. When Jesus says, never will I forsake you, or never will I leave you, never will I forsake, I actually believe that. You know
2: what, Richard? And God desires that we believe that. And here's the D: He gave us a a process for increasing our belief. If we did have some uh, doubt, he said, just meditate on it. Ponder it. Think about it. Daily and nightly. Then I'm going to illuminate you. I'm going to enlighten you. Then you're going to be a believer. And I'm always thinking about what I just said and what the guy said with the son that was demon-possessed. He said, Jesus, I believe, but help my unbelief.
1: We've talked about
2: that. Oh, Jesus, I can help you there. You declared you believe, and he said, I can help you with your unbelief too. I'm going to show you how to, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to help you with your unbelief later. He probably showed him how to, biblically meditate on the word because meditation transforms what you believe but
1: see god will meet us right where our faith is we don't have to be like super christian right or super anything
2: all you need is a, is a mustard seed but again speaking of faith we're out of time but we're definitely not out of faith and we want to remind you as you go through this week keep walking by faith